It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton, co-host Wes Goldberg, joining me in just a minute. We have found out who the Warriors are targeting for that second two-way contract now that Damian Lee is going to be on the official NBA roster. They're targeting this person. It's not official yet. And then we're going to get to some mailbag questions from you guys. Something we're going to start doing every week, so send in your questions every single week, and we will get to them here on this pod which is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton, co-host Wes Goldberg, joining me in just a minute from Chase Center as we get ready for the Dubs and the Mavs this evening. Should be a barn burner. Another classic rivalry game or something. Uh, Halfway through the season, Dubs are about to officially sign Damian Lee to the NBA roster, which means that second two-way spot is open. We got a report on who they're targeting. It's just about in the bag. Still hasn't been officially signed yet. But we're going to be talking about that in just a minute, as well as taking your questions and doing a Warriors mail bag. We're going to try and do these every single week. So go ahead and send in your questions to me at CTH415 on Twitter or at WC Goldberg on Twitter. That is Wes's handle. So be sure to get those questions in and we'll get to them every week here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But first, this spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather, landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. It's a -a one-of-a-kind spring training experience. You can follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League. 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in Greater Phoenix within 50 miles. You can hit up every single stadium. You get to meet the players, get their autographs before games. I mean, honestly, it's one of the best experiences you can have if you're a baseball fan. It's similar to Summer League uh, for NBA, you're out there schmoozing with the baseball players. You're bumping into them at restaurants and bars. You're having casual conversations with these guys. It is awesome. I, I can't urge you enough if you're a baseball fan to go see. Check out my A's. Go go bump into Matt Chap and tell him I said what's up. There's tons to see and do outside of baseball. You can check out amazing restaurants and bars, tons of craft breweries like Four Peaks, Angels, Trumpet Ale House, and Goldwater Brewing Company tons of live music and national sports. You can explore museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art, musical instruments from around the world. Arizona is also known for its incredible landscapes, thrilling outdoor adventures, hit the road, explore Arizona's urban centers, ghost towns, artsy communities, and quirky outposts. Then get back for a baseball game. There's hiking, biking, Jeep tours, hot air balloons, skydiving, jet skiing, or just taking in the sunset. No matter what you love to do, Arizona has 
you covered. You can check off must-see destinations from your bucket list, like the Grand Canyon, Monument Valley, Horseshoe Bend, and Tucson. Bring the kids along to spring training. Arizona is a fantastic destination for families. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty of fun for the kids of all ages, water parks, to horseback rides, to games and activities. Arizona has tons of stuff for kids to do and see, like wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, and dude ranches. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That is visitarizona.com slash spring training. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wes, what's up, man? You are at Chase Center right now. Uh, you just mentioned you got there a little early for tonight's game, and turns out someone else got there pretty early as well. Uh, what's what's going on right now? Yeah, you know, you got to beat this rush hour traffic. So I, sure. you know, I got here, got got in my lift, got here pretty early, and I guess Alan Smiley each had the same idea because he's working out with assistant coach Seth Cooper right now on the floor. What what time is it right now? Like four o'clock as we're recording this. Yeah, yes, it is. You know, it's three hours, three and a half hours before game time. So. It looks like you didn't even take the, you didn't even wait for the first bus. You got here early because I know nobody else from the team. At least I haven't seen anybody else from the team here yet. So uh, smiling, get you getting that work in. Right on. You'd love to see that from a 19-year-old. Uh, good for him, which also means he'll be with the Warriors tonight. He is not in Santa Cruz. Yep. So uh, potentially see him get some more minutes as well. And someone who we might be seeing in Santa Cruz and with the Warriors again uh, is Marquise Chris, as there have been – reports that he is likely to be the person to fill Damian Lee's uh, two-way spot, which they have until, what, tomorrow to fill, the 15th? So uh, what what, what have you heard on that front? That the plan is to bring back Marquise Chris. That is, and from what I understand, had always been the plan. Uh, The Warriors had him earmarked. I think that we know that they've been having convers- they had conversations in the days leading up to waving Marquise Chris about what the plan would be. And at first, it, saw- it seemed like that, that plan was, hey, we're going to waive you if we can't find another way to promote Damian Lee to the 15-man roster. Well, I guess the other part of that conversation was we're going to waive you. We're going to wait for you to clear waivers. If you get a guaranteed spot somewhere else, great. If not, we're going to try to bring you back. So we know Marquise was always um, open to – signing a two-way contract dating back to, you know, training camp when he was there. But um, I do think that uh, maybe the, the guaranteed offers that he could have expected didn't materialize after he cleared waivers, or there was a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey man, don't take any, you don't have to accept the guaranteed contract anywhere else. We're hoping you clear waivers so that you don't get claimed and then uh, just come back to us. Because the other thing about this two-way contract, and it's, you know, a 99% chance that this thing gets done, barring anything unforeseen. But, and by that, by that, I mean another team coming in with a huge offer for him, which I just don't see happening because there's just not a whole lot of teams that have the cap space to do something like that. But um, the important thing about bringing Marquise up to the two-way, into a two-way spot is the Warriors would have his restricted rights when he becomes a free agent this summer, which means that they can match any offer that's made by an outside team 
We've heard that the Warriors want to keep Marquise Chris long term. They view him as, you know, somewhat of a building block. And uh, this would get that done. This would sort of um, keep his rights in house and, and and kind of clear the path for them to make him a part of the team next season. Definitely. And that is the major benefit of them signing him to a two way deal is the fact is they retain his rights and it seems likely that he'll be back next year. Cause that was the biggest part about waving him was it just felt like he was a guy that had a future with the team, especially as a 22 year old. Um, yeah. But we know the situation they were in, they had to do it, but I, as much as it would be, you know, fun to see them grab a wing out of the G league uh, with some potential, it makes the most sense to bring back Marquise Chris uh, and hang on to him uh, next year and, and, and moving forward. Yeah. And, and look, I think, you know, there were some guys in the G league that I had heard rumblings that could be that player. It's, it's possible that the Warriors had a couple their, their eyes on a couple of guys from Santa Cruz or maybe even elsewhere in case Marquise did get claimed and, and ended up taking a contract somewhere else, which nobody could have blamed him for doing that. Right. I mean, he, he's, Essentially, like he didn't have to agree to getting waived, but he is—he's taking a pretty substantial pay cut, going from what would have been a guaranteed contract on January 10th to a two-way contract. And they're—and trust me, they are going to use the remaining of the, the, the remainder of his days. And by the way, those days are prorated because it's, he's signing halfway through the season, so he's only going to have 23 days of NBA eligibility as opposed to 45 that he signed, you know, before the start of the season. So. Um, He's taking a little bit of a of a haircut, but if if the, again if the wink wink nudge nudge is hey we're going to resign you this summer, then um, you know I think Marquise at this point, given where he's been throughout his career, is just like you know what this has been a great spot for me. I feel like my talents are being used the right way. I don't want to move from San Francisco. He did just sign a lease. Like all that stuff matters, man. And so he's probably like look I'll I'll, I'll hang out here. And the more the closer we got to this news, the the more and more I started thinking that you know what there's a real possibility that the Marquise Chris thing happens because I just didn't know why he didn't go why why he didn't get claimed for so long because he's a good player yeah, right? and so just the the stars sort of aligned here yeah and all the stuff you mentioned about you know, uh, uh, him you know kind of re rebuilding his career with the Warriors finding a spot that's using him right you know who knows maybe he goes to I don't know Phoenix or well Phoenix wouldn't bring him back but uh, I don't know, Sacramento or something and doesn't get used right. And then he's back where he was before. I think it's beneficial for both sides and uh, glad to have him I mean, back. Was, it's one of the things once he, it's official and he's back in the locker room, that can kind of, it's a nice feeling for yeah. the locker room for, you know, however long it lasts a day, a week, whatever, uh, because people were upset when he got cut. So it'll be good to bring him back uh, for a number of different reasons. That's an underrated part of this too. I mean, you hit it, you hit it right on the head. The, the young guys who were all right, right around Marquise's age, including D'Angelo Russell, by the way, were really, really upset when this news went down. Mm-hmm. Though uh, I think there was probably a conversation afterwards where it was, hey, don't get your hopes up, but we're trying to make sure we bring Marquise back. I, and it wouldn't shock me if, the, if this front office, maybe Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, whoever, went into that locker room. And look, this is just me speculating. I'm not reporting anything. But given how transparent this organization has been, uh, all season with these guys, it wouldn't shock me if one of those guys went in there and like, look, let's break it down. He had a non-guaranteed uh, deal. It was, it would have been coming guaranteed tomorrow. We had to wave him. We're bringing up Damian Lee, who's our starting shooting guard. Look how much better we're playing when Damian Lee is in the lineup. We're going to bring Marquise back, but if we can't bring him back, look, you got to be happy for your friend. And then for Marquise, I mean, he was with three teams before the Warriors. He's 22 years old, and he was already with three different teams as a lottery pick. 
to like to come to Golden State and suddenly have your talents used the right way and find an encouraging coaching staff that doesn't uh, label you as you know a locker room cancer after day one. I mean, he thinks that this is completely novel. I mean, this is a, a very this is a completely rare thing for him. Uh, and so I would understand why he would just be reluctant to give that up, even if it meant possibly taking a guaranteed contract elsewhere. Yeah. No question. I also think the ideal situation for the Warriors right now is potentially, uh, you know, an Alec Burks trade where then they can bring up Kai Bowman and then Mm -hmm. uh, Marquise Chris once they hit that March date where they can sign him to a prorated deal, bring him up. Or if there's a second trade, they bring up Marquise Chris. Well, the the funny thing about that, and I was kind of crunching some numbers and looking at what what all of this meant for their long-term building plan. I don't think they do either. I don't think that they convert um, either of them to a, a prorated salary um, unless there's a way to add a second year to that. I, I do think that they would probably value their restricted rights because if you call, if you bring them up to a prorated minimum as a one-year minimum, well, then that player then, whether it's Kai, Kai Bowman or Marquise Chris, becomes an unrestricted free agent in the summer, not a restricted free agent. And so they could sign anywhere, right? And, it, and they, the Warriors wouldn't have the rights to match an offer. So it wouldn't shock me if Kai Bowman and Marquise Chris both finished the year on two-way deals. And that way the Warriors were able to maintain those, those restricted rights and, and ensure that the, both of those players are part of the future because the only reason that they have both of them on the roster currently where they're at is because they think they are part of the future. Um, the other part about that is that the G League season ends in March. So after that, they could play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Right. So you could they, they have probably, a, you know, it's not a long time. It's probably only one or two weeks where they'd actually be able to play in the NBA uninhibited by the two way contract uh, limitations. But it, it's something that they're going to be aware of. And they have to factor that into the math. Right. Where, OK, we've got X amount of days with either of these players. Well, we don't have to worry about that for the last week or two of the season. Again, just more needlessly complicated CBA stuff. Uh, but I mean, there you go. That, that, uh, those are reasons to not do it. So we'll have to wait and see. Still not official yet that Marquise Chris is taking that two-way spot, but that's the way the Warriors are leaning. So once it does become official, uh, we will all know, and we will let all of you know as well. Uh, something we're going to start doing once a week now is a mailbag. Uh, so keep sending your questions into either myself uh, on Twitter at CTH415 or to Wes at WC Goldberg. And uh, we're going to start that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Adobe. At CDW, we get your organization can be demanding. We know you're in there. I know. The marketing team's outside my office. They want their Adobe update now. Give us that update. With Adobe's value incentive plan, deployed by the experts at CDW, you can quickly and easily manage software subscriptions for the whole team. On Acrobat and Creative Cloud? All included. Cool. Guys, I'm coming out. Don't hurt me. For a satisfied digital workforce, you need Adobe and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash adobe. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making your old-fashioned today with Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. 
Wes, as we begin our weekly mailbag here on Locked on Warriors, uh, I found this one question really, well, obviously pertinent to what we just talked about, and that's the return of Marquise Chris. And I, I just find it interesting, and we'll see what happens. But basically the question is, Will Marquise Chris's return affect Amari Spellman's playing time, especially with how well Amari Spellman is playing? And, you know, I didn't even think of it until I saw that question because, uh, you know, there was a a chunk of games where they sat Amari Spellman, which I really didn't understand. uh, And it kind of coincided with Looney coming back, et cetera. But is Marquise Chris's potential return going to affect Amari Spellman's playing time? I don't think it's going to affect Amari Spellman's playing time. I think that what we're seeing from Amari – uh, specifically as a starting center, is what we can expect. I think if anybody, it, it's pretty remarkable considering where Amari was coming from in a in a pretty terrible rookie season with Atlanta, uh, where he's been, where he's come from in less than a year. I think he's his minutes are entrenched more than anybody else, even Willie Colley Stein at this point. Um, even Kevon Looney, if Kevon Looney were healthy, I think Omari's pretty much <laughs> earned these minutes right now, and and Steve Kerr has pretty much said as much. I think the guy who you're going to be looking at, uh, Marquise, potentially eating into, and I think their their plan is to, if and when Marquise does eventually sign this this two-way contract, they're going to use all of his 23 days um, under the two-way contract, and and I think his I think those minutes will come at the expense of Alan Smiley Geach. The, the the plan is for Smiley Geach to go back to the G League, as impressive as he's been and as many flashes as he's shown, he still doesn't know what he's doing out there, and he'll he's the first one to tell you that. And, you know, the raw English that he has. So uh, they want to get him back in the G League. They want to get him back with the coaches in Santa Cruz to further develop, let him kind of under, kind of get an understanding of what he needs to be doing out there. And, uh, and Marquise already knows what he's doing out there. So I think you'll see this kind of go back to a three-headed uh, center rotation with Spellman, Willie Colley-Stein, and Marquise Chris taking those Alan Smiley each minutes. And there's still no timetable on Kevon Looney's return. And if and when Kevon Looney does play this season – then that's something that they could figure out. Here's a question coming from me. Uh, as far as Marquise Chris is returned, if that two-way deal becomes official, do you think it'll be similar to Damian Lee? Like, do you think we'll see Marquise Chris play in the G League? Yeah, I've talked to a few people about this idea, and it's pretty split. On one hand, you could see the, like, if he runs out of, tw- of his 23 days, well, then, yeah, you might as well just let him play in the G League. But on the other hand, if they've already decided that this guy's going to be a long-term piece, then why would you take minutes away from anybody else in Santa Cruz? Just something they value, right? You still want to develop whoever you have down there. But then again, Marquise Chris is only 22 years old. He's not a perfect player by any means. Uh, maybe there's more value in him playing in Santa Cruz than there is in him just sitting and, and getting rusty. Uh, I think it's something that this organization will – that's sort of a bridge I think they'll cross when they get there, though I won't – I'll say this. There's no plan for him to be playing in Santa Cruz. It would just happen if you are absolutely necessary. Um, so I think that's where they're probably at. I hear you. Coming from Couch Tomato 62 on Twitter. Great name. Uh, fantastic name. Uh, why is Pascal getting so little time? Uh, we've seen his minutes go down recently. Some of his effectiveness has gone down as well. But uh, why have we seen him getting less and less time recently? I think it was just the, I mean, the expectations, right? As after we saw him through the first, I don't know, 20 or 30 games, or I shouldn't say 30, about the first 20 games, 
we're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's a rookie of the year candidate. Why He should be playing 25, 30 minutes a game. He should be averaging 16 points per game. Look, he, all this stuff. But let's also remember he's the 41st pick in the draft. He's still averaging, you know, a, a lot of minutes per game. His averages are very impressive for a second rounder, even if they're not as impressive as they were at the beginning of the season. So I think we just need to dial back our expectations. He came out of the gates hot. I think he, it helped that there was no scouting report on him. I think people understand what his game is now. They understand that you got to get in front of him. And, uh, uh, you know, he's part of the scouting report now. And this is just going to happen. He's managed to still be somewhat productive. There are parts of his game that are frustrating uh, and that still need a lot of fine-tuning. But um, I just think that we got to dial back our expectations. And remember, this guy's a second-round pick, right? Yeah. yeah second-round pick, also hitting um, somewhat of a rookie wall, you would expect, especially how many minutes he was playing uh, earlier yeah. in the year. It happens, and there's more tape on him now. And the Warriors are at a point where they're not just going to let him play bully ball for 32 minutes. They're trying to implement their, you know, uh, movement offense. And so it's not just going to be him getting as many shots as he was getting before. And also, I think the injuries have something to do with it. I mean, he missed some time, and uh, I think he's still just getting used to playing in in the NBA and not college, where in college he can bully everyone in the NBA. There's there's guys that are a lot bigger than him and uh, just as strong. Uh, Wes, I'm going to steal one from your actual article on Mercury News. You can check out all of Wes's stuff uh, at mercurynews.com. Um, have the Warriors done a lesser job of drafting and developing players during the last five years versus other teams picking at the bottom? And I'm Dish having fun. Dish having fun. I think that's who it's from. <laughs> you guys, these Twitter names, man, are tough. Um, I want to take that first, actually, Wes, because – I've talked about it. it before where I've been critical of their drafting and developing. And if you just talk the draft specifically, it hasn't been great. But then you're also talking about them drafting from, I think the earliest pick they've had in the last five years is 28. So you're talking about getting guys at 28 or 30. Uh, it's Damian Jones, Kavon Looney, uh, Pat McCaw, Jordan Bell, uh, Pascal, you know, the, the, there have been some hits. And even with Jordan Bell being a failure, so to speak, he was also a vital part during uh, the the Western, uh, what was not the conference finals last year, semifinals, whatever it was, against Houston. You know, the guy couldn't find the court the entire season, but you knew when it came time to play Houston, he was going to get minutes because of his ability to switch on the perimeter. Uh, Pat McCaw, he didn't lose his mind, and decide to, you know, hold out as a second-round pick, uh, hold out from one of the best teams ever assembled, and go to Toronto. Who knows what he could have been with the Warriors. So has it been great? No. I think the only thing they've actually developed is Kevon Looney, who, again, has his own injury problems. But then again, you can't expect to be perfect at that range in the draft. And then if you also look at things outside of the draft where you're finding Quinn Cook, uh, Kai Bowman, who, again, you know, we'll see. He's only played about half a season. Um, Alfonso McKinney, other pieces like that. You know, if you factor that in, I think they've done fine, but it's just tough when you also see teams like San Antonio be able to get right. a guy like DeJounte Murray. And that's the other thing, too. If you look at the draft classes, you know, there have been guys who have taken one or two picks before the Warriors pick who have been – more than productive and there's you know you can only assume the Warriors would have made those picks or who knows but it's just they, they've been a prisoner to their their draft position basically 
Yeah, and look, I mean, I, I kind of, in that article that you were referencing, went back the last five years and looked at guys that were taken right around that 28th spot in the last five picks of, of the first round and kind of said, like, all right, how many guys actually turned out well, selected by the Warriors or not? And it turns out over the last five years, there's been a handful of hits. And of those hits, four of them belong to the Spurs, which we all recognize are great at developing talent and mining, you know, guys who are otherwise overlooked and, and finding contributors that way. But the other four were from the Lakers, who we all agree are completely incompetent and have no idea what they're doing. So that just shows to me, like, this is a complete crapshoot. Like, you can give credit to the Spurs if you want. But the Lakers found just as many hits in that, in that bottom five as the Spurs have. Uh, and they're completely – they've been dysfunctional cleaning up after Kobe Bryant for the last decade. So uh, that, that's definitely part of it. I think that's definitely part of just there's luck involved. There's all, the other part of this is, too – I think a lot of Warriors fans point to a guy like Draymond Green selected in the second round, and before this whole Eric Paschal situation, we're like, why can't we find the next Draymond Green? What's going on? Well, the other 29 teams in the league are also looking for the next Draymond Green. They're also looking for the next Jimmy Butler. They're also looking for the next superstar selected, you know, at the end of the first round, early second round. And it's just hard to find those guys. They're few and far between. And when you have when when you're drafting Draymond Green when you're the Warriors, you know, eight years ago or seven years ago, whatever it was. You had a young team. You were developing. You were practicing a lot. You were going long in practices. There was time to groom those guys. And over the last five years, the Warriors have been practicing very infrequently. They're practicing as short as possible. Their entire mindset was, let's just keep guys healthy so we're not going to wear them down when they're not actually on the court because we've got to keep our superstars healthy because you cater everything to those superstars, and rightly so. You're not playing 82 games. You're playing on playing almost 100 games, right? So... I, that's part of the reason Like these young guys need time to develop. They need time to be in the film room. They need extra long practices. And then you look at this season and that's exactly what the Warriors are doing. And it's not a coincidence. All of a sudden they're developing guys like Alan Smiley, and Kai Bowman and Eric Pascal, and Amari Spellman and Marquise Chris, all these guys, they wouldn't have like, if they had signed all these guys last year, they wouldn't have been as good as they are right now because they wouldn't have been practicing as much. I've never mm-hmm. seen this team practice as much as they are right now. They're, they're, I think there's only had like a couple of canceled practices all season where it was, you know, a couple of practice, canceled practices a week last season. So yeah. uh, that's a huge part of it. When you, when you have a superstar team like that, it is so hard to develop rookies and young players. And that's when you see, that's why you see young teams get better with each other because they are constantly practicing together. I, I mean, you brought up the Draymond Green thing, and I think that, that draft, that draft class, spoiled Warriors fans to where they saw, you know, they got two starters and a Hall of Famer in one draft class. And Harrison Barnes, you take him top ten, you know, you you expect him and, to be what he is. And Festus is and, and Festus is Ellie. Yeah. I mean yes, he, I was yeah, a huge they, Festus fan. And we got spoiled thinking that, oh, we can find a starting center at thirty, no problem. And uh it's proven not to be the case. Uh you, you know, you just have to recalibrate and understand how the NBA usually works like that's a fantastic draft class but you're not going to find a Festus Azili at 30 every year yeah and like they took Festus over Draymond Green you think that's why do you think that is that's because they thought Festus was better than Draymond Green that some they got lucky with Draymond a little bit and or absolutely I should say like that's it's just, it just happens like a, a second round pick who blossoms into anything close to Draymond Green can completely change your franchise just because of the value of that and we've seen that happen um over the course of the last few years with different teams too uh, but to expect anything like that is completely, you know, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. I mentioned, uh, you know, some of the guys they found on the fringes. 
I will say I wish they were the Spurs or the Heat when it comes to that because that would elevate this team to a whole nother level. But again, then you're comparing them to the two best teams at doing that, at finding, you know, Davis Bertans and and uh, God. Yeah, but why did why did the Yonovich why did the Spurs or, do that? The Spurs did that because their their core group was aging out, right? The, mm-hmm. the Heat did that because LeBron James went back to Cleveland and Chris Bosh had blood clots and had to retire and Dwayne Wade had uh, eventually retired and you know he had that couple he had that one and a half year sabbatical in Cleveland and Chicago and uh they were forced to do it but the heat when the heat were when were at their peak with the big 3 they weren't going and finding Duncan Robinson or Kendrick Nunn they were signing they were signing 36 year old Richard Lewis yeah right that's what you do and so i think what we're seeing right now from the warriors is the beginning of them being able to get on that track and become one of those teams which is to say that after not even a year after Kevin Durant left, is, is remarkable. And I'm confident that this team can get on that track, and that's probably where it's headed. It's not to say that they're not going to go ahead and sign their, their veteran free agent with their MLE or with their $17 million trade exception or anything like that. But for the rest of that roster, it, it would not – like this was a concerted effort. I've, I've said it over and over again. Even before Steph Curry broke his hand in the fourth game of the season, they still filled out the bench with young players. That has always been the goal. It has always been the plan to get them that path of being able to do the Spurs in and the Miami Heat thing of mining young players, developing young players, and building and rounding out your roster that way. Well, there it is, the very first mailbag. Maybe it was our second. I don't even know. Keep hitting us up with questions, though. We're going to try and knock these out every single week. Uh, So at CTH415 for me, at WC Goldberg, send us your questions, and we will definitely get to them. And uh, we forgot to even mention, you know, they're playing the Mavs tonight uh, at Chase Center. Uh, Do the Warriors win, Wes? I don't know. I just know that D'Angelo Russell will be running away from Luka Doncic's hip the entire game. We couldn't even get a sure? Uh, the the, the patented sure. West Goldberg sure? I don't think they win. I really don't <laughs> think they win. I know Chris, <laughs> well, there you go. Christoph Porzingis is out, so maybe it gives him a chance. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Wes, uh, go enjoy that game. Go cover that game, and I will talk to you tomorrow. And everyone, come back and listen to more Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked on Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.